Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode. Still very pregnant. However, I am pre-recording this, so by the time it's out, hopefully that's not the case. And I've mentioned this before in episodes, but I will not lie to you guys. Recording podcast episodes has probably been one of the most challenging things in these last few weeks of pregnancy because I have been so short of breath. And it's surprising to me how difficult it is to speak for like 30 plus minutes when that's the case. But I'm doing my best. If you notice a lot of sighing or deep inhales, you know what's going on or a lot of cuts because sometimes I literally have to stop the podcast and take a deep breath. It's kind of a funny sight. But I figured today would be the perfect opportunity to do sort of a catch-up episode. Just keep it casual. It's been a while since we've done sort of a coffee chat style episode. And I have a few things that I want to talk about and catch you up on. And then I also put out a Q&A sticker on Instagram. And so I want to answer some of those. And where we're going to start today is actually revisiting a theme from a previous episode. And the episode is called History is Repeating Itself. I recorded this episode at kind of a peak emotional time at the end of last year where I was just feeling overwhelmed and frustrated about some themes that I was feeling popping back up that I thought I had kind of dealt with and I was finding that they were setting me back. And to get a little bit more specific, I found that I was interpreting something that was happening in my life as a rejection. And specifically, rejection and social rejection and feeling like I'm not good enough or that I have to try really hard to fit in, that was a big theme from my childhood. And a very impactful theme in what kind of shaped my identity. And so in that episode, just to refresh, I had kind of talked about how I was noticing this theme of, you know, the fear of rejection and my response to that. I was noticing that coming up again. And I was asking myself what I could do differently this time around. Because when I was younger, 
my attitude was, you know, I'm experiencing this rejection. I have to do something to correct that. I have to do something about myself. I have to change myself. I have to change my interests, change the way I talk, etc., etc. Very shortly after recording that episode, I was listening to another podcast and I really cannot remember which podcast it was, but they talked briefly about this idea of the Saturn return. And as they were talking about it, I had a light bulb moment because I was like, this is exactly what I am experiencing. And the way that the hosts of the podcast were kind of talking about their experience and their Saturn returns, it made me kind of realize like, maybe this is what I'm experiencing right now because it sounded, again, exactly like what I described in that episode. Now, before we get into it, I've said this before about astrology, I'm sure. I don't necessarily, in fact, I definitely don't know a lot about astrology. I know the basics about my own kind of chart, but beyond that, it's not something that I am interacting with on a daily basis. My attitude with astrology or something like human design or kind of anything in that realm is why not? If it helps me to make sense of something that's going on in my life or helps me to reframe, I remember I did an episode about discovering my human design which was manifesting generator and whether or not that's like a real thing it helped me to validate that the way I am is okay and that actually my way of kind of jumping between things not wanting to do any one thing for a long period of time multitasking following my passion and not being afraid to let things go that way of being is okay. There are other people out there like me and we all kind of fit into the puzzle and we don't all have to be one type of person. So that was one takeaway that I got from the discovery of this human design system. And I've talked before about that, like I said. And so I don't commit to any one singular guidance system, but I really do like when something like astrology or human design or something similar helps me to make sense of something, like I said, or helps me to understand something I'm experiencing tension with in my life. So when I was reminded of the Saturn return and I heard these people on this podcast talking about it, I actually got kind of excited because like I said, it kind of switch something on for me and I had heard Saturn return come up many times heard people talking about it but to be honest I really had no idea what it is and I still don't really fully grasp the idea for whatever reason astrology to me is like so hard to wrap my head around but I wanted to look into it a little bit because like I said it was so parallel to some of the insights that I was sharing in my episode, History is Repeating Itself, and I thought it was worth looking into. So, you know, I went on Google, did a little bit of Googling, nothing too deep, let's be honest, but what I found was that it's a cycle that happens every 27 to 29 years, I believe, so it can happen more than once in your lifetime, 
Now, if you didn't know this, and I don't know why you would, I'm 28, so I'm right in between that 27 to 29 year kind of window. So immediately I'm like, okay, there's my first indication. And what I kind of gathered from some of the different things that I read about the Saturn return and listened to is it's kind of like a nudge to a new phase of life into adulthood, into a new way of being. So kind of being presented with the opportunity to allow the themes that we experienced in childhood to be reframed and to transform life in a new way. And again, that's kind of what I had spoken to in my episode where I was feeling as though I was being asked to learn from my previous experience with this theme of rejection and to evolve into a new relationship with what I was perceiving to be rejection. Now, a lot of the discourse online that I've seen about Saturn return is that the majority of people dread it because it's said to kind of teach us lessons via sort of tough love, meaning that we need to face certain themes, to face certain challenges and difficulties, and, you know, maybe even hit a rock bottom in different ways in order to evolve out of certain ways of being. And the flip side of that is that we can get stuck in that spot. And I felt that, and I was feeling that, and I think that's why in that episode I was at a point where I was feeling kind of discouraged by this theme and I wasn't really out of the cycle yet of being able to have a little bit more clarity. But what I've always found, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in the episode, is, and it can be really hard when you're experiencing that low to have this insight, but I've always looked back and been like, yeah, that that lesson, that low helped me to evolve and maybe I didn't learn it like immediately and it took me a few tries but eventually the presence of that discomfort kind of forced me to make a different decision and I have making a different decision to thank for where I am now and I've been able to say that in many different ways I've talked about relationships, my career, and again, when I was in that low or kind of feeling very stuck, I wouldn't have been able to connect with the idea that this may be helping me in some way. And I'm not saying that applies to every uncomfortable situation because that's kind of, you know, bypassing that there are just things that suck. And it's not like we have to make some bigger meaning of it. But I think when it comes to big themes, like the one that I shared, and being able to revisit those themes in a new way with a new kind of set of insights and experiences, I think that's how I see this Saturn return as it relates to where I'm at right now. So as much as it can be uncomfortable... Even being able to identify that, hey, this may be what I'm currently experiencing and it's temporary and it's going to come to an end and there's going to be a new evolution, 
there's comfort in that for me. And so being able to investigate a little bit further and inquire as to whether I'm in my Saturn return was just a nice reframe for me, if anything. So as one does, I found a Saturn return calculator online. I input my birth data and I found that I was in, or I am in, my Saturn return. It started in March of 2023, so last year, and it's going to end in May of 2025, so next year. Now, one thing I am conscious of when it comes to engaging with something like astrology is not to kind of give away too much of my agency. Like I said, my intention is more so to make sense of something I'm going through, but not to say, okay, this says that my Saturn return is going to end in May of 2025. So, you know, my life's going to suck until then. Really, it's just a guideline. And I found it interesting over the last few weeks to just learn and reflect myself on how I can support myself during this time, knowing that even before looking into it and finding that I was in my Saturn return, I already kind of felt this cycle coming through of myself being presented with themes that I've been presented with before and sort of having the opportunity to respond differently. And I've started to feel that shift. Even since recording that episode, I've started to feel things kind of loosen up a bit. And I think having this idea that maybe it's not so personal, maybe this is just a lesson that I'm going through and I don't have to feel so badly about myself as I go through this chapter that's been really, really helpful. And honestly, since recording that episode, I do feel like I've already had a feeling of relief and like there's been some momentum out of that place of feeling stuck with that theme that I was experiencing. And I think sometimes that's because just looking at it and acknowledging it and being like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And being honest with myself, that seems to kind of get the wheels turning in a new direction. And that's what I felt. And again, do I know that this is all because I'm in my Saturn return? No. But just being able to identify with something like this has been fun for me, has been interesting, and again, has helped me, excuse me, stumbling over my words, has helped me to kind of make sense of things. So that's the update. I will admit that when I recorded that last episode, I was down in the dumps, but I'm feeling much more light now. And I also think it's kind of interesting that this is all coming to a head right as I'm about to enter a very new life chapter. So stay tuned. I'll be sure to update you. And the other thing I wanted to do quickly is get into some of the Q&As from Instagram. Now, we have a few questions about pregnancy and childbirth. We have a few questions about kind of creativity and work and career. So I'll try to kind of go through them in segments. Starting off with pregnancy, someone asked, are you the first of your friends to have a baby? Interesting, you should ask, because... I have a few different groups of friends. Some of the friends that I made in university and kind of working after university and different jobs that I did. 
some that I made when I was in BC, living in Vancouver, and then also my friend group from growing up back home, who I've definitely reconnected with since moving home. So out of those friend groups, I'm the first, I believe, of my friends that I've made since leaving home. So like university friends, Vancouver friends, to be having a baby. And then funny enough, I'm one of the last in my friend group from back home, which I think is kind of common for smaller towns is people hit those milestones I think a lot sooner is what I've observed and so I kind of was in this interesting place of moving back home now that I'm into this chapter but yes a lot of my friends from the friend groups that I made outside of my hometown in those circles I am one of the first which has been sort of an interesting experience because I feel like there's this whole narrative that I can't say for sure isn't a valid thing because I'm not in that chapter yet, but it's kind of like, you know, you become a completely different person. Your life changes when you have a kid. And I've been told by some of my friends who are not in that chapter yet and not planning on being in that chapter that they feel almost like a loss in our friendship. Like they're going to lose connection to me in some way, which I'm sure is true on some level in that there's going to be this being in my life that's going to be occupying a lot of my time and energy in a new way. But something that's been really important to me and that I've had a lot of conversations with friends about is like still maintaining my identity as an individual and in those friendships and still trying to prioritize those friendships maybe in a new way. And I think that's helped me a lot in this transition is to be like, I don't have to lose like every aspect of myself as I become a parent and the ways that I can prioritize things that really matter to me. It may look a little bit different in this chapter, but I still want that to be a big part of my life. And so it's been interesting to have those conversations and also like A friend of mine the other day invited me to something which is going to be after our baby is born like maybe like eight or nine months and I just said to her like thank you so much for still continuing to include me in these plans because it sort of felt like maybe this is just like my own insecurity but it kind of felt like people put me into a category now that this is the period that I'm going to be in and just kind of assumed that I wouldn't be interested in certain things. And there may be things that I have to say no to. I'm sure that will happen, but it just felt really nice to be invited to something and for someone to have not assumed like, oh, she won't be able to come because whatever, she'll be busy with the baby. So a very long-winded answer (laughs) to your question, but yes, um, kind of in different situations with my different friendship circles. Um, Another person said, how do you feel about the pressure to bounce back after pregnancy? I have not experienced that pressure at all. And I think maybe because I'm not in that chapter yet. I definitely know what you're talking about, though. I've heard it. I've seen it online. I've seen people talking about it. I've seen people sharing their journeys of, you know, getting back 
into fitness and getting their postpartum body back to what it was before. And I kind of have like complicated feelings about this because. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's... Yes, it perpetuates a pressure that especially during such a time that healing is so necessary and being gentle is so necessary. I also feel like it in some ways is just a response to the pressure that we feel, at least that I felt as a woman throughout my whole life, not just in this chapter, which is be as small as possible, be as thin as possible and it doesn't matter where you're at in life that is your primary pursuit and I don't want to direct any judgment to people who are responding to that pressure because I myself have always felt that and have always responded to it in different ways so I can't say for sure that when I am in the postpartum period, I'm not going to feel that pressure and I'm not going to respond to it by pushing myself to do certain things. It's not my intention to, but I can't say that I'm at a place where I'm fully 
like kind of separated from this pressure to just be thin and be small. And I assume that's what you're talking about when you say bounce back. That's how I relate to it. But I guess my answer is sort of, I haven't really felt it myself yet because I'm not in that period. I don't think that there should be such an emphasis on quote unquote bouncing back. I think Of course, each one of us needs to take the time to heal and recover, but I also can't say that I'm in this place where I am completely immune to that type of pressure. And because of that, I try not to judge people who are, you know, experiencing that pressure and responding to it by, you know, getting up and going. I think everybody's journey is their own and however they feel is the best way to use that time is up to them. And I feel like we put so much judgment on people going through this journey in general that I'm trying really hard not to judge even further. I do think an exception to that though is like if someone's pushing that message and pushing like this is what you need to do. But I don't know. I kind of have a complicated relationship with the whole idea of bouncing back I think that it perpetuates sometimes unhealthy standards for ourselves but I again just want to reiterate that I don't think I'm above it and body image continues to be something that I struggle with from time to time I am curious to see how I feel after giving birth and I'll keep you guys posted um But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not sure if that made sense at all because my brain is kind of like a little scrambled right now, but hopefully you kind of understand where I'm coming from. Someone said that they wanted to hear my honest thoughts on postpartum care and recovery and any surprises. They said, just discovered peri bottles and everything else. The world does not prepare us. So I can't speak to my postpartum recovery yet. I have shared some of the things that I've purchased for that period, but I really agree with what this person is saying, which is that I had no clue what the healing process was like, what it involved. I kind of just thought prior to actually being pregnant, you give birth, maybe you recover for like a day or two, and then you're good to go. Like I had no idea about diapers or, you know, tearing. And this is all such new information to me. And it's been so surprising to learn how little I knew about what so many people are going through every single day. And I actually shared this. I've been documenting my third trimester on YouTube and I shared this on there, which is that I felt self-conscious sharing certain aspects of pregnancy and, you know, sharing that I'm getting these like postpartum supplies, like, you know, hemorrhoid pads and diapers. And it's been important to me to actually push through that feeling of shame and embarrassment because yes, this is not like a glamorous thing to talk about, but to understand that this is the reality that so many people may go through and to be able to be like, hey, maybe I can be a little bit more supportive of people during that time or be helpful with purchasing them these things and thinking about really all that goes into this intense physical experience. And what I find really interesting is similar to what this person said is 
number one, me myself talking about it, I feel not only embarrassed because some of these things aren't really glamorous, but sometimes I feel annoying because it's like, oh my gosh, don't make this your whole personality, X, Y, Z. But it's an intense experience. And I think it's actually healthy to understand what people are going through. You don't have to be going through it yourself or planning on going through it, but the odds are is that you're going to have someone in your life that is. And like I said, I had no idea what went into that and learning a little bit more and going through it myself has just made me appreciate just the whole journey and be more understanding and accepting of hearing about that journey from other people. So yeah, more to come on that one when I'm actually in the experience. But like I said, I shared all of the supplies that I've purchased and that I've kind of prepped for that postpartum period on Instagram and they're in a highlight. Okay, the next question is actually about my tattoos. It says, does your family support you? I love them and want more but feel self-conscious and worried about disapproval. I am going to assume this is referring to my parents because my siblings definitely are not judgmental. My sister has a bunch of tattoos too and piercings and stuff. So more so referring to my parents here, support probably isn't the best word to use. I feel like one thing that kind of opened the floodgates was, you know, I had had like different ear piercings and I had my nose pierced in university and stuff like that. But the I think the straw that broke the camel's back was when I got my septum pierced and I feel like growing up that was like my mom's least favorite piercing and it kind of felt like anything after that they were just like okay you know like whatever and so the relationship that I have with my parents is honestly that they just don't really interfere or openly judge my choices anymore and I think that's as a result of having just made a bunch of decisions, not really asked for permission, you know, as an adult. And, you know, they accept the choices that I make. They don't necessarily have to like love and support every single one of them. But I guess I'm lucky in that they're not openly judgmental of me and don't like stop me from doing anything or don't loudly voice their opinion on things that I'm doing. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I feel like my attitude was always kind of just, I just have to break the ice here and do what I want and hopefully they'll understand and support me. And that doesn't just apply to tattoos. I feel like I've had a lot of those thresholds with my parents with, you know, quitting my job and moving to different places. And I'm just very, very lucky. I will say that they haven't interfered in any of those decisions and it doesn't have to make them happy or super excited that I'm doing every single thing that I choose to do but I think that they trust me and they trust my judgment and yeah that's kind of where I'm at. Someone asked do you see yourselves moving back out west or settling here and by here I moved back to my hometown where I grew up. We bought a house. This is where we plan to be for the next little while. And it's interesting because we've been chatting about this a lot. We've kind of now settled in and had a chance to like see how we feel. I definitely really, really miss the West Coast and I can see myself continuing to miss it. I just think 
you know, when I was out there, it was like I missed my family and I knew that for the duration of living out there, I would always miss my family. And I kind of feel that way now, but in a different way, which is that for the duration that I live here, where I live now, I'm always going to miss the West Coast. And that's the reality of, you know, feeling very connected to two different places and for two very different reasons. But we definitely don't plan on moving back there. You know, we were in Vancouver and ultimately it was just really, really expensive to live, like to have a home or to rent a home or whatever. And so that definitely isn't the plan as of right now. But what I do see us doing, and we actually had thought about doing this, but in the opposite way when we lived in Vancouver before getting pregnant, is just spending like a couple months of the year out west. And like I said, we thought about doing that, but in the reverse. So we would be based in Vancouver and then spend like a month or two back home. And so we've just kind of flipped that where I think the best way for me to think about big life changes and to feel good about big life changes and transitions is to not look at it so black and white and to not be like, okay, we live where we live now and we never get to experience the West Coast ever again. I think that can make me feel kind of sad about my current situation and so something that has kind of opened that up a little bit more and that we've been discussing is maintaining that connection with the west coast and you know visiting for longer stretches of time if we can and I do think that our first plan is to go back this summer just for a week or so if you didn't already know Jamie's parents live in England and so we're going to have to kind of get used to flying with our baby. And so we wanted to do a little test run and we thought may as well go out west because we love it there and we know it and we're comfortable there and it'll be sort of like a little trial. So that's the plan. Could change. But short answer is no, we don't necessarily plan on fully moving back to the west coast anytime soon. But we're very open to seeing, you know, different creative options of what that could look like. I have two more questions. They're both about sort of like career and YouTube. So the first one says, how did you get into creating YouTube videos and what camera do you film with? So I actually started creating YouTube videos, I don't know, probably during the pandemic. And that was my first entry into social media. I started there before I started anywhere else. And this was when I was really talking more so about mindfulness and mental health and, you know, sharing more in that realm. I have since kind of evolved away from exclusively talking about those things and sharing a little bit more about lifestyle. And then I would say that like for the first little while that I was creating on YouTube, I really was not consistent with it. It was only in the last year or so that I began to really enjoy creating there. And I'll be honest, like it doesn't perform in the same way that other platforms do for me, but I really, really enjoy the pace of YouTube. I enjoy creating and consuming longer form content. I also feel like I can be a little bit more myself both on the podcast, I would say, and on YouTube, it's just because it's not so condensed, I can talk a little bit more freely and that helps me to be a little bit more natural and just feel a little bit more relaxed. And like I said, I really enjoy creating YouTube videos. And I was talking to my brother actually about YouTube 
the way I see it is sort of like a long-term investment or like university, let's say, for example, or college where you are investing a lot of time into something and maybe not necessarily seeing the return for a long period of time. A lot of the creators that I follow that are successful specifically on YouTube have been doing it for a really long time. Whereas some of the other social media platforms, it's a lot easier to blow up a lot faster. And I think because the majority of my success has been on TikTok, let's say, I've sort of fallen victim to this impatience with other platforms like YouTube that require a little bit more investment, time investment. The videos take longer to make, they take longer to film. It takes longer for your content to reach people and to grow is my experience, but I do really enjoy it. I think it's worth the investment. I've really started to get into a rhythm and, you know, just really enjoy creating on YouTube. So that's kind of the journey there. And of course, more recently, I've been sharing the final stages of pregnancy, which again, by the time this episode is out, will likely be concluded that series. But the other kind of part of this question was, what camera do you film with? So I use the Canon G7X and it has like two eyes. So I think there's three versions of this and I think I have number two. I'll actually leave a link in the description of the exact camera that I use and I don't use anything for audio. I just use the camera itself. Pretty simple. And then another question was actually on the same vein, what program do you use for editing your videos? So I'm assuming that's referring to YouTube as well, but I'll share YouTube and sort of Reels. For YouTube, I use iMovie. I truly, with all of my content creation, like to keep things as simple as humanly possible. So it's iMovie. Because I don't have an external mic on my vlogging camera, I use this feature where you can remove background noise. Don't know if that's like necessarily relevant, but there you have it. And I just keep things really simple for any kind of captions that I want to put on the video itself. I just use Keynote and I use Canva to create thumbnails. And then the only other app I use for video creation would be for like TikToks and Instagram reels. And for that, I just use CapCut. So that is it, my friends. That brings us to the end of the episode. It's really nice, honestly, to just do these kind of casual catch-up episodes every once in a while. It gives me a little bit more space to breathe and to catch up with you all. I hope you enjoyed this. I know we covered a few different themes and jumped around a little bit. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions or any other episodes that you're wanting to see in the upcoming months. I will likely have a few episodes coming out about the birthing experience and any postpartum insights. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. Otherwise, keep an eye out on all my other social media. I will be sharing all of the updates there. And yeah, it's crazy. I'm about to enter a whole new chapter. Ah, it's wild. I don't even have the words. But thank you for being here. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being here for this you know, evolution and hopefully into the next phase. And yeah, that's it for today. I'll see you guys next week. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.